Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this week one edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley at Loafing It on Twitter. And of course, I, I am going to start calling him an expert because at J, JB, after I listened to you on that first show that we did this year, I went, I, don't, I barely even recognize fantasy coach JB on Twitter anymore. I, I, he's he's taking it up a level. His analysis is now taking it up to an expert level. JB, welcome to the program. Oh, stop it, Wes. You're too kind. I, look, all we're doing here is trying to make our listeners more educated. This game we play here is a game upon a game, right? <laughs> so oh, all we're trying to do here is make educated guesses to make our listeners smarter, and we do the best job that we can to make that happen for them. We do here on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast, and we try to be a little bit entertaining as well, uh, because it, it, you know fantasy football can get into a long, minutiae kind of season, you know what I mean? And, and people can take this game really, really seriously and get very upset at one another over little things that really you know don't amount to a hill of beans when it comes down to it, boils down to it in the end. You know, it's funny you say that because I was just looking at my time hop before and I was seeing like seven years ago when I was like, oh, man, I lost my week one matchup. Now I'm at a point where like I don't even check my lineups during games (laughs) like yesterday. I'm sure people who are in one league or two leagues are sitting there watching Chris Godwin or watching Antonio or, or Gronk or any of the Cowboys receivers going off and they're like, oh, man, my team's off to a good start. Or Oh, man, my opponent had Amari Cooper. Right. And I'm. I'm like, I'm sure I have all of them somewhere in my 25, 26 leagues. So there's no point in even looking until Monday. <laughs> no, you're right. And and especially going into week one. This, and this year in particular, I know last year was a little bit goofy for us with COVID. I think this year's a little bit goofy for us, too, trying to get reintroduced to a new schedule, right? 17 weeks, so you only got three preseason games a week uh, in, a week off in between the last preseason game and this this first week game and and you know it reminded me yesterday with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys playing JB against the point spread the point spread ended up being up at 9 for Tampa Bay they were favored by 9 points i think the game total went up to 58 58 and a half somewhere in that neighborhood so just a lot of line movement yeah and, and they he, still ended up going over at 60 they they did and and usually when the public money comes in so much on Tampa Bay, you know, rule number one, rule number one, run away from the public, right? You go the opposite way. So you go for Dallas. But I had believed all the hype that was going into the season about Dak Prescott's injuries, uh, about, you know, maybe even Ezekiel Elliott's uh, a newfound fountain of youth. I, I believed and I remembered about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense but none of that came to fruition too much last night. Maybe a couple inopportune turnovers happened, and and you know the loss of well, who was who is it that ended up getting hurt? Uh, for Sean Murphy tape. Bunting. Yes, yeah, your I, guy, I, your guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know when you think of all those events that transpired during the game and all the preseason hype, I, I was wrong. I, I thought Tampa Bay would end up cruising in that game, and it was not. It was a very good game to watch. Yeah, it was a great game to watch, and I wasn't surprised it was a close game. You know, both of those are really good offenses. I was not hesitant on Dak at all. I was trying to draft him as much as I possibly could. I did believe that he would be coming back with a vengeance this year. He's got a ton of weapons there on that offense. Mm -hmm. Now, Zeke is a guy who I also have like 20% roster ship of, but I didn't expect much from him this week. I mean, the Bucs have the best 
defense against the run mm-hmm. in football. So I think not only did I know that and you knew that and our listeners knew that, but so did the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff and their game plan was to throw the football, not to run the football into that defense. So everybody who's sitting there panicking right now about Zeke, oh my God, he's washed, he's done. He's not. That was just the game plan this week. He was, you know, their plan was to throw the ball. Dak threw the ball, what, 58 times yesterday? And yeah, that was something. the plan. Yeah, and, and 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 by the way, that's a great little fantasy advice right now. Maybe somebody is panicking in your uh, fantasy leagues to uh, want to trade Zeke at this point. Go for it. Make an offer. You could get him at a really good price, Bob. Maybe at this point. At the same time, don't don't sell Zeke yet. Let let's hold on for a little while. Let's see how it shakes out because Tampa Bay is known for its fantastic run I, uh, running defense. I didn't expect Dak to look that good though, JB. He he had no rust. He had nothing. And once again, that that comes from not watching, being able to see a lot in pre season if anything at all right and he had the shoulder that he was dealing with in the preseason so we didn't see anything and I was actually a little bit more concerned about that than the ankle because you know the reports were that he was recovering really well from the ankle but we didn't know how he was going to throw after kind of taking some time off with that shoulder issue but Man, he looked really good, and it was really encouraging for everybody who did take the stab in drafting this season. Funny funny that the Cowboys turned to the Texas Rangers to help uh, fix Dak Prescott's <laughs> shoulder injury. Yeah, pretty smart, though. I, I'll, t- I'll give credit. All right, let's get into week one games here. We got the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals against the Tennessee Titans, JB. Two veteran wide receivers, some, some familiar places in new places. And, and so is is there going to be a connection, though, with either one of these quarterbacks to the receivers? Is Kyler Murray going to be able to connect with A.J. Green in Arizona? So I love Kyler Murray this year. And if you listen to my DFS Flash podcast over at Aaron Torres Online that dropped today, Ooh. you'll hear me talk about Kyler being one of my favorite options in DFS this week. And Kyler's one of my favorite options in season long this year also. I think Kyler's a guy who takes the step forward in, in year three, and he's up in that Pat Mahomes conversation at the top tier quarterback. And I certainly have Kyler as a, a dark horse, maybe not even a dark horse, but a candidate for an MVP this year. Mm-hmm. As far as AJ Green goes, we don't know what to expect from him because he was targeted a lot last year but a lot of those targets were uncatchable balls so it's kind of like does he have anything left in the tank and I think there's a little bit there for Kyler to work with so I do think that he's going to be a good weapon on the outside for Kyler is he going to produce a lot in fantasy that's yet to be seen I think Hopkins is obviously going to be the guy who gets the most production I think it's a great week for Hopkins in fantasy but I'm curious that, you know, A.J. Green's one of those things. And same thing I could talk about uh, Christian Kirk here out of the slot. These are guys that I want to see this week. This is a game that I'm going to be interested in watching to see what we have on the fantasy angle. And and we have to do that week one. Week one is a lot of speculation, I think. And, and of course, we're going to speculate all season long about these players and how their performance will be on Sunday or Thursday, Monday, whatever. But it, especially in week one, we still have to see how these offenses kind of shake out. For me, if rules provide uh, if if the past performance or if the past rules unwritten rules of football provide any analysis for this week i think you have to get the vet the old vet aj green a touchdown in his new place that's just something that pops in my head immediately when i think of this game so i think aj green will be able to find the end zone i think he's going to be a good end zone threat for kyler murray on the other side Tannehill, of course has got to be super excited about being able to throw the football to julio jones i know atlanta is really close to alabama i get it georgia's really close to alabama and julio was always one of uh you know alabama's favorites because he played at the university of alabama 
and, and, and so we really adopted the Atlanta Falcons. Let me just tell you what happened. Everybody at Alabama has now adopted o- over the Tennessee Titans because we liked the Titans anyway. Julio was the only thing that was kind of helping push us towards the Atlanta Falcons. But now that Julio plays for t- the Tennessee Titans, everybody at Alabama is pulling for that. So it's really, I- I- I'm really excited to see this guy, especially with Derrick Henry there too. Is Tannehill going to connect with Julio on Sunday? I think so. I think Julio is one of those crafty veterans that knows how to get open. He knows how to work the field. Arizona's secondary is not that strong at the cornerback position. So I think it's going to be a good matchup for both Julio and A.J. Brown. And I think Tannehill's going to be able to fire. I mean, this is another one where we have a new offensive coordinator here in mm-hmm. Tennessee. So we don't know what his game plan is yet. We don't know what the offense he's going to run is yet. So Derrick Henry is a guy who we've always relied on for volume, right? We knew he was going to run the rock all game long. He's going to be get a heavy workload there. But that might come down a little bit with the new offensive coordinator, and we might see Tannehill throwing the ball more, especially having another weapon in Julio Jones on the outside for him. Yeah, I, I, I as some of the listeners know to the Fantasy Impact Today Network, and I must apologize to everybody. I get nothing I could do about it. A little bit under the weather, so I've been taking Nyquil's, been running through my veins. Now I'm taking some sinus medication, you know, trying to get over this stuff a little bit. So I've been a little foggy all week long in my head, JB, which a little bit more than normal. Maybe we should say that. And, <laughs> and one of the things I noticed though, as I was doing down, uh, sitting down for the Fantasy Magnet podcast, was neither one of these teams have got a great defense. Just, just, and and the total is at fifty three and a half. I think about both sides of the ball having great offensive weapons. I think this one could go over pretty easy. This is a great fantasy matchup for for everybody at home. Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of why I like Kyler and and Hopkins and DFS also is because you look at this total and you say, okay, both of these teams, like you said, don't have good defenses and they can both put up points to keep them throwing and keep them having to score points in the game. So, yeah, this is a good matchup for fantasy and a good matchup for us to watch on TV. Ah, uh, you know I'm going to be aware of that. Hey, Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence underneath center, Urban Meyer on the sideline. The running back room has been cleared out, JB. Now we have no more problems trying to dissect who's going to be the number one running back in Jacksonville. But let me ask you this. Who's going to be the number one receiver? Because that that room is pretty crowded. We got DJ Shark. We got we got Marvin Jones Jr. And we got LaVishka Chenault. Yeah, and I like LaVisca. I think that he plays a role that is going to be kind of like a safety blanket for the rookie Trevor Lawrence. I think that he's going to run a lot out of the slot and be open in the middle and run those short and intermediate routes that the quarterback, especially in a first year, is going to like to throw to. Um, I think that all of those wide receivers can have games. I mean, when we're looking at recent drafts, DJ Chark was just dropping. You know, you're talking about... 10th, 11th round being able to draft DJ Chark, who was the number one receiver there. So, I mean, I think that they'll all be able to be productive as long as Trevor's productive, right? So, you know, I think on a week-in, week-out basis, the one that I prefer the most is going to be Visca for his playmaking ability. They'll probably use him on some jet sweeps and some, you know, trick play type of stuff. And again, he's going to be the guy that runs those short and intermediate routes and and can rack up those yards after catch. Yeah, it's going to be a sit back and wait kind of a thing, possibly for us as well, because uh, we want to believe in LaVisca. We, we want to hear we've heard those things each and every year that he's been in the league now. And we want to believe those things. I've also heard Marvin's Jones. Marvin Jones is is 
his preferred target, Trevor Lawrence's preferred target. And Shark is really just not getting a lot of looks in practice. And we know Jones can always score touchdowns. That's one thing he's done year in and year out in the NFL. Uh, so right now, to me, it goes Jones, LaVisca, and Shark because I, I do like the touchdown upside of Jones. Hey, is there any kind of fantasy relevance for the Houston Texans <laughs> Just uh, besides matching up against their defense each week? Yeah, and I was going to say, before getting into their offense, you know, and anybody who's listened to the Fantasy Magnus podcast knows that one of my favorite cornerbacks to attack on an offensive side is going to be Vernon Hargraves, and he's (laughs) still there in Houston. So he's going to be there playing the outside, and he'll probably get DJ Chark or Marvin Jones a good amount of the time. In fact, their best cornerback is probably Desmond King, who plays the slot, and that's who Visca should see a lot of. So this might be a week where you get those outside receivers because they'll get that Vernon Hargraves matchup. <laughs> yeah. You didn't mention anybody on the offense. Yeah, because that offense we don't really want to talk about. I mean, that <laughs> that running back room is is pretty much mm-hmm. like a hey, we're tanking, so let's just throw these veterans back there and just, you know, hand it off a lot. You know, Tyrod Taylor's behind center who was supposed to be a starter last year until he got his lung punctured. So, we don't know what to expect from him. We haven't seen him in a couple of years. I mean, obviously you you remember him being a mobile quarterback. Uh, no. You know, a slightly below average guy who can kind of run a little bit. So no. I don't expect much from Tyrod. We like Brandon Cooks. We do like Brandon Cooks because he's a guy who's a target hog that just catches a lot of passes. But if he's the only weapon on that offense, defenses are going to key in on him. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to trust Brandon Cooks. You know, where people were getting him in drafts, if he's your wide receiver three in a PPR league, then sure, you're going to put him in your lineup, expect him to get, you know, eight targets. This team's going to be playing from behind most of the season. So they're going to have to throw the ball, even though they want to focus on running the ball, because I think they just want to get the season over with. So it's well, tough to trust these guys. That's one of the things I was thinking about uh, as, as looking at the other side of the coin here. Are the Texans going to slow a game down so much that maybe it hurts the fantasy value of the other team or you know, they're just not going to be able to stop anybody? So it's not it's, it's not going to matter. Uh, but, I, you know, there, there may be one of those things where every time you go into the Houston Texans game, you just don't get as many snaps on the offensive side of the ball because, first of all, you score. Secondly, the Texans just slow it down and milk the clock and, and try to do everything they can to get the season over with. Like you said, some people would say keep it close, but I think it's I think it's the opposite. I think it's to get it over with. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that they're just, you know, counting down the days until the season ends and it hasn't even started yet. <laughs> but that being said, Wes, I did want to talk about Jordan Akins, because Jordan Akins is a guy who on this offense, who we just talked about there not being many weapons on, right? Uh-huh. Jordan Akins is a guy who could actually lead the team in targets. And this has been a guy who <laughs> I've I've kind of touted the past couple of years and he's been really disappointed, but he's kind of like my broke back mountain. I just can't quit Jordan Aiken. So <laughs> here I am with roster ship of Jordan Aiken's one more time. And here's a week where I'm recommending him in DFS because, Hey, he could lead this team in targets because they're just, they're that bad. Wes. <laughs> Speaking of people who kind of come back and haunt me because I, I think that's one of those guys Akins is one of those guys that come back and haunt me every so often, and and I put him on the list of people do not put in any lineup, DFS, anything. Just you know, so I put Akins in that with Sammy Watkins, with Alshon Jeffrey, just people like that. They're they're right there, they're right there. And and to me, another guy who I'm very curious about to see what happens this year because the reports are with the new system in Los Angeles that Mike Williams 
is going to end up being the Michael Thomas version of this offense because the coach is from New Orleans Saints. And so he's tra- he, there was there was the rumors, there was the reports that Mike Williams is going to be this guy, is the Michael Thomas. And I'm sitting there going, ain't no way Mike Williams is going to be that guy. He's never been that guy. He's always been a, a jump up in the air and unbelievable body control while he's there and then come down and land on something and get hurt. That's that's that, that's what Mike Williams is. What about you, JB? How do you think this offense is going to look? Well, that's always the knock on Mike Williams is that he just gets hurt, right? But mm-hmm. when he is healthy, he's really good. So as long as he could stay healthy, I do see this being a breakout season for him with that coaching staff in play there. I have about 30% roster ship of Mike Williams, so I really hope that that happens. Um, I actually also have the same amount of shares of LaVisca. So, you know, we talked about him in the last game. But I think Mike Williams can certainly blow up. I'm really high on this Chargers team this year. In fact, they were one of my best bets to finish as a playoff team at plus odds on DraftKings. So, That was one of my favorite bets going into the season. And I really like what this offense has. We saw Justin Herbert look phenomenal in his rookie season. You know what you have in Keenan Allen as a sure-handed receiver who a quarterback can count on. Austin Eckler is a little banged up with a hamstring already. Um, Reports that I heard today was that he was trending towards playing. So, you know, they might not give him a full workload just to kind of keep an eye on him and keep him healthy through the season, especially against a good defense like Washington. But when you talk about Herbert, Eckler, Allen, Mike Williams, this is a team that is really exciting, and I'm excited to see them play this year. Yeah, that Eckler news early in the season kind of scares me, man. I, I definitely would think, be thinking about Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly as somebody I'm going to keep Yuck. my eye on. I know, I know, but somebody's <laughs> got to get the ball or, you know, and do whoever you want, Roundtree, whatever you want to do. But if you have that roster spot before this game kicks off that you're like, ah, that guy didn't pan out maybe. Because I, I got a little Gio Bernard action going on in, in several leagues, right? And last night I was going, okay, it's going to take him a minute or two, and so I may not have to worry about rostering him in some leagues. So maybe I do need to look at a little Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly just to just to try and find that guy who might be an RB1 flash-in-the-pan guy. So I'm uh, just putting that out there. Over on the other side of the ball, you are talking about the Washington football team. And I'm really looking forward to this game because I like both of these teams. And, and you know, I got a little thing for Ron Rivera. And, of course, we got to be excited about watching Antonio Gibson healthy starting the season, ready to go. Uh, JB, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, too. Are we going to be able to see him pinpoint anybody in this offense and make a star receiver out of anybody other than Terry McLaurin? Like, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has made names of in the past. Yeah, and Curtis Samuel was that guy that everyone was high on, and now he's on short-term IR. We saw the news break today that he's going to be out for a little while. So what you're looking at here as far as guys outside of Terry McLaurin is Cam Sims and Adam Humphreys. Now, both of them, Fitzpatrick has talked about loving. Sims is a guy who in the preseason... Fitzpatrick was talking about his size and his route running ability. And then you know that he had the connection with Adam Humphreys from his time in Tampa. So a lot of people are high on the rookie, Diami Brown, but I don't think that he's going to be the guy yet. I think those other ancillary pieces are going to step in to fill the roles right off the bat. 
And Logan Thomas is the tight end who I'm really targeting this week. He was that guy who was kind of after that top six tight end group for me. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy who I do have some decent roster ship of. And I expect that Fitzpatrick is going to use him a lot. Look, Thomas is a converted quarterback, right? So he's got the mentality of a quarterback. Fitzpatrick, we know, is a smart guy and a smart quarterback. So they should be able to be on the same page as far as finding the holes in the defense. And I think that they're going to have a good connection this year. Oh, I just got so excited. And and look, this is the Claritin talking right now. Uh, Logan Thomas to a Ryan Fitzpatrick trick play on Sunday. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? That would be so much fun to see Fitz get in the end zone on a reception. I, uh, thank you. This this Fantasy Magnet podcast has been sponsored by Claritin. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, disappointing news to see Curtis Samuel lightweight because I know Ron Revere has been really high on him. Ron Revere, when he's like that guy forever, and to have that groin injury continue to give them him issues, I'm disappointed in that. Hey, the next one, another game that I'm really excited to see, another game where I'm not really impressed by either one of the defenses at all. So this is a 47-point total, J.B., I, I see no problems in this going over unless there's some kind of weather condition issue that I'm not sure about. But the Minnesota Vikings are headed to Cincinnati to play against the Bengals. Minnesota, not much has changed. I, nothing has changed really at all on this offense except for, you know, to the tight end situation. Now there's Tyler Conklin there. Can we expect anything out of Tyler Conklin? I know he's made a name for himself at the end of last season, but is there any fantasy relevance this week? I don't think so, because he's going to be sharing it with Chris Herndon also, who they acquired after they lost Irv Smith. So I don't really have faith in either of those tight ends. Again, it's going to be a let's see it first. I mean, Herndon's been a guy who we've talked about in New York for years now is, you know, people have have pinned him to be a breakout tight end for years and he just barely catches a single pass. So I'm not really excited about either of those tight ends. It's the guys on the outside in in Minnesota that everyone's going to be looking towards. And I'm curious to see how Jefferson responds to that shoulder injury he had in the preseason. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see how that works out. I have a lot of Adam Thielen this year. I think that um, I think defenses are going to kind of key in on Jefferson after the year he had last year. And I think that Thielen's going to be able to take advantage of it. I think maybe part of why Jefferson was so successful was because defenses were keying on Thielen as the number one receiver and it allowed Jefferson to get open. Then when they kind of switched that towards the end of the year, Thielen was getting open. So I'm curious to see how this plays out this year. Okay. I I agree with you. I am too. I think it's going to just even itself out at some point. Probably expect the same kind of production from last year that we see this year, just because uh, they end up, they end up, Uh, spreading the ball around a little bit. I think Kirk Cousins is pretty good at doing that. Over in Cincinnati, I think that is a crowded, crowded wide receiver room. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. And can I say Auden Tate, too? I just like Auden Tate. You know how I am. I'm always looking for that guy. Uh, But but is any of these guys, which which one of these three, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, is anybody going to emerge as a must-have wide receiver one, or are they all just going to kind of be that high-end wide receiver three, wide receiver two areas? I mean, I feel like they're all kind of wide receiver two. Um, Some of them, like a a Tyler Boyd, more of a low-end wide receiver two and a good PPR guy. And T. Higgins, like a high-end wide receiver two who can be the alpha in this offense. I'm a little concerned about Jamar Chase. I mean, he came out this week with a comment like his eyes were tearing in practice and he was having trouble seeing the ball because it had stripes on it. And it's like, It was just a little weird. Like, I don't know. He's already making excuses and the season didn't start yet. So 
I do think that Joe Burrow has a high-powered offense here. I'm actually really excited about Joe Mixon this year. I, I think that the stars are finally aligning for him to be productive as long as he could stay healthy. So I think that, you know, everyone in this Joe Burrow offense can be productive, but it's Higgins who, if I had to pick one of those wide receivers, I think I'm still going to put Higgins first. Okay. Oh, okay. I can see that. And, and I understand that. I, I guess I'm a little more trusting of the veteran Tyler Boyd, who I've seen do it all the time. And T. Higgins, you know, I just haven't seen him enough. And definitely, I'm with you on the Jamar Chase. That's why I said Auden Tate. Okay, that's that's why. I, I, it's, he's an LSU guy, so I've tried to cut him a little bit of slack. But I, I, I still don't know. I, I, Joe Burrow wanted him. That didn't work out so well for Patrick Mahomes and CEH last year. Okay, that's that's what I'm going to say about that. All right, JP, we're going to rank them on this page. This page I put on here, so these last four games, we're going to rank these players. And I, I'm going to put – they're my rankings, but we're going to go from last to first. And I want to hear what your rankings are. Maybe we'll find a little dispute, a little dispute there. Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, that was easy. All right, that's fine. <laughs> if anybody that's... picks Tyrod Taylor over anybody, there's well, an issue. <laughs> I, I had to put Tyrod in there just for the giggles, you know. Tyrod, I'm sure everybody listening is laughing at that too, uh, a little bit. Uh, Fitz or Trevor Lawrence? I put him down there at the bottom. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm gonna go with Fitz, even though I expect more from Tyler. But for Week One and his first start. Ah oh, man, but he's got a great matchup. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's gonna be close, but I'll give Fitz by a beard hair. Okay, okay, it was that one was tough. Well, let's say Fitz or Cousins, Kirk Cousins. I'll go with Cuz. Okay, I agree. A lot of offensive weapons there, and a good matchup. Cousins or Burrow? I'm going Burrow. Burrow. Okay, see, we're right on pay. Uh, Burrow or Tannehill? Ooh, I, I, okay. I just finished saying how I think Tannehill's going to throw more this year, but I am a little bit higher on Joe Burrow, so I'm still going to stay Burrow. And this are, these are our rankings for this week. You know, people we'd rather play in fantasy if we if we have all the different uh, leagues that you're in. You got to make some tough decisions, JP. Tannehill, yeah. <laughs> Tannehill, or somebody with an H. Who did I write with an H, JB? I wrote somebody with an H. Oh, Herbert. Is it an H? Oh, it's okay. Herbert, Herbert, Herbert. Tannehill or <laughs> yeah. Herbert? Yeah, Herbert's got a tough matchup against Washington, and if they get pressure, it's going to be a tough day for Herbert, but I think that offensive line is much improved, so I'm still going to go with Herbert here. Okay, I got Herbert over Tannehill, and last one, Herbert or Kyler, I have Kyler number one. Yeah, it's going to be Kyler. I love Kyler this week, and I love Kyler this year. Okay, would you rather have, on the running back side of things, would you rather have any Houston running back or Chase Chase Edmonds? (laughs) I'd rather have Wes Easley. (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey. I was I'll go be, Chase Edmonds. <laughs> I was, I was going to try out for running back, and they were going to give me a shot. And this is in high school. I was a small thing in high school, but you know, we grew up in the Walter Payton era, and and I think I just I think that the play before. Uh, in practice, so what the, the running back got lit up. I mean, lit up. And they're like, okay, now your turn. And I said, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I was a little guy, though. Uh, Edmonds. <laughs> I started on defense is what I did. Edmonds or Robinson? Robinson. Okay. A Robinson or Gibson? See, ah, man. It's tough. I like Gibson better, but for this week, I'm going to say Robinson in a game that they should be playing from ahead against Houston and trying to ease in the rookie quarterback. So I think Robinson gets a good workload, and I think the matchup for Gibson isn't as good. So I'm going to lean Robinson. Any worry about McKissick uh, cutting into the receptions for Gibson? 
I hope not. I mean, we saw that happen last year, but then there's a lot of talk in the offseason about how they're going to finally give Gibson the full workload and mm-hmm. kind of make him a, a de facto CEH in that offense. So, you know, I'm not really concerned about it. But again, it's something that we need to monitor this week. Robinson or Eckler? Robinson for the matchup. And Eckler's a little banged up, so I'm going Robinson. All right. I, I got him I got him down a little bit there from you. Robinson or Mixon? Mm. That's tough. I like you thinking. I like you. Yeah, because you know, I th- I think Cincinnati's gonna throw the ball a lot. So I do like Mixon, but I'm just loving this matchup for Robinson. Mm-hmm. That really is a big and, and and I can understand that. Or Rob so who'd you pick? I'm Robinson? going Robinson, I guess. Wow, yeah. you you bumped Rob. I had Robinson third to the bottom, and you got him all the way up there from third to the top. Robinson or Cooks? That's easy. Yeah, that I got to go with Cook. I can't really. I can't give Robinson any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Cooks or Henry? Um, I'm gonna lean Cook. Okay, all right, I can see that. Uh, all right, here here we go. Wide receivers. Wide receivers tough to do these rankings on JB sometimes because some teams have a bunch of wide receivers. So I may just say what are the receivers from whoever, or you know, be able to narrow it down to an alpha dog there. But uh, AJ, uh, AJ Green, or any Houston receiver. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, as you said, AJ Green, I'm like, all right, it's going to be the other guy, and then you said Houston receiver, so it's like, I guess I'll. I guess I'll say Brandon Cooks slightly because I don't really believe in A.J. Green yet. Okay. Uh, Brandon Cooks or Jaguar receiver? Brandon Cooks because the Jaguars are going to run more than throw. Wow. Brandon Cooks or Cincinnati receiver? T. Higgins. Okay. Okay. T. Higgins or Mike Williams? Oh, man. Why you got to do this to me? Uh, T. Higgins. T. Higgins or Julio Jones? Julio Jones. All right. Julio or Thielen? Thielen. Thielen or Jefferson? Thielen. Thielen or Allen? Keenan Allen. Thielen with a better matchup. Thielen with a better matchup. Okay. And Thielen or Scary uh, uh, McLaurin? Thielen with a better matchup. And Thielen or A.J. Brown? Gotta go A.J. Brown. Okay, all right. I don't blame you. I can understand. And finally, for the tight ends, it's really hard. Wait, it's wait, hard wait, 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 wait. Ahead of all of them, DeAndre Hopkins, baby. Oh, I did forget Hopkins. Okay, so we're going to put <laughs> Hopkins as number one. Uh, yes, very good, very good. Hopkins, number one. All right, so uh, on the tight end side of the thing, I, you know, is there a favorite tight end you have this week in any of those matchups that are playing? We talked about some of them. Uh, maybe Ferkser, maybe there's, you got Aikens going around there. I, I don't know. There's hardly any tight ends playing on this page of information for me yeah there's really not i mean akins would be the lower end or i guess my second pick out of that group and then logan thomas would be the high yeah. end of that group yeah Tom- thomas and i had thomas listed first and i was just going to ask you to choose anybody else or thomas so we'll go with <laughs> logan thomas i guess on that one jb on my next page here on the fantasy magnet podcast on the fantasy impact today network you could follow jb barry and ask him any start sit questions or anything like that that you want to ask him at fantasy coach jb on twitter you could ask me or give me some a good helpful sinus advice at Lofinit on Twitter. You can do that. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Please subscribe. Please rank. Please do all those things that you can do to help the 
podcast grow. And uh, you can tell some people about it as well. JB, the New York Jets. Zach Wilson is marching into Carolina against Sam Darnold. This is a revenge game. I just don't know who wants the most revenge. Is it the care? Is it Sam Darnold with the Carolina Panthers, or is it the entire New York Jet organization onto Sam Darnold? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think any of the players on the Jets. I mean, that defense is young and rebuilding, so I don't think anybody really on the field has much beef with Sam Donald. So it's the Sam Donald revenge game. And I think he comes out firing against his old team. Wow. Okay. I like that. Uh, Corey Davis is, is, is Corey Davis really going to be a thing with the jets? Because he seems to be the preferred option of Zach Wilson right now. Yeah, I think he is. And I think Corey Davis and the rookie Elijah Moore are both going to be things. And they're both going to be productive for us in fantasy because this is a Jets team who, like I said, the defense is young and rebuilding. They're not going to be very good. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. And Wilson's going to have to throw the ball. I mean, he's he's kind of a dark horse for offensive rookie of the year because he's a guy who's in there from the get-go on a team that's going to have to throw the ball. I mean, you look at some of the other rookie quarterbacks, and those are guys who, you know, we don't know when they're going to start. We know Wilson's going to start from week one. So he's already establishing a connection with Corey Davis. He's got the rookie Elijah Moore. And I think all three of those guys are going to be fantasy relevant for us. And I think also when that defense starts really gelling together underneath the new defensive regime there, they could put him in some positive game scripts, too, you know, for being able to complete passes, putting him on the other side of the 50-yard line to have more scoring opportunities. So I like what you said there. Uh, I, I do think that Ty Johnson has emerged as the number two running back there. Everybody was really high on Michael Carter to start the, start, you know, the fantasy season anyway. We were, everybody was really talking about him. But I think Ty Johnson has really emerged as maybe that number two guy and even a receiving threat to some degree. Yeah, I think he is going to be the third down back there, and he's going to mix in a little bit on the carries also. I do think it's Tevin Coleman's backfield to start. He has that familiarity with the coaching staff and the and the running scheme. So I think they're going to give him every opportunity to be the lead back. Michael Carter has been a guy I've been down on all offseason because I've been high on the value I was getting on Coleman. Coleman's a guy who I was drafting in anywhere from the 13th to the 15th round in fantasy drafts, and he's a guy who's going to be a starting running back here. I just had my wife had her work league draft, and she wouldn't let me help her because, quote unquote, it's not fair. So she shares the team with one of her old co-workers and he picked Michael Carter and I was so mad at her and I was like, why don't you let me help you? You're letting this guy pick third string running backs from one of the worst teams in football. And it's just it, it, I don't really think that Carter's going to do much this year, as, especially in the beginning of the season. Look, Tevin Coleman could get hurt. Ty Johnson could be unproductive and then they'll give Carter the chance. They want Carter to be the back of the future there, and they want to at least see if he can be the back of the future. But I don't think we're going to see that early on, Wes. I think we're going to have to wait and see on that. Yeah, I do. I, I agree. we got to wait and see. And, and I'm going to just say this. Between you and your wife, you don't need to name the new baby Michael Carter, okay? Just, <laughs> I can tell right now there's some things. Hey, uh, over in Carolina— I, I love the wide receiving core. Sam Darnold has no more excuses, right? I, not that he had excuses before, but he's got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Terrence Marshall Jr., who I just absolutely am gaga about. That guy looks impressive. You just see some people walk out onto the football field and go, ooh, he has some potential. And I think that's what Terrence Marshall does. Yeah, Terrence Marshall was good in LSU, and I did like the pick there. And I think he does kind of just 
fill in that Curtis Samuel role. Now, that Curtis Samuel role was relevant last year because there was no Christian McCaffrey. So I don't know that this offense is going to be able to support Christian McCaffrey, who the offense runs through, and three wide receiver targets, as well as Dan Arnold, who's a pretty capable tight end as well. I mean, who doesn't want to see Darnold to Arnold for six, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, in one of the three articles I read this offseason, one of them was that Dan Arnold was really going to be a focal point of this offense that the Carolina Panthers uh, purposely went out and got him because they wanted more production out of their tight end position. And Ian Thomas didn't provide that. They were a big believer in, in tight end production and they wanted that threat out there. So I am going to put Dan, Ar- Dan Arnold in there as a dart throw uh, for fantasy relevance that we really need to keep an eye on because he may not have been drafted. He may be undrafted, sitting out there on the waiver wires. And if you happen to be one of those guys always looking for a tight end, Dan Arnold might be one of those names you really want to pay close attention to. Of how, many, how many targets he gets his first week of the season. I'll tell you what, Wes, if you're in a league with me or Jordan Loop, Dan Arnold's not on the waiver wire. Okay. Hey, <laughs> if you, I like you at Jordan Loop, so I can do that. Lupe. Is that is that is it Loop or Lupe? We it's it's Loop, but I mean Lupe sounds fancier, so we can call him Lupe. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, sometimes he does get a little Lupe with the tweets that he sends out. So <laughs> he's always a good follow on Twitter. Uh, okay, HJB, look at this next game. This is one of my favorite ones too because it's going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The Philadelphia Eagles against the Atlanta Falcons. What a quarterback room! The Philadelphia Eagles have. They got Jalen Hurts in there, Joe Flacco in there, and Gardner <laughs> Minshew. What do you think they talk about in the quarterback room? <laughs> I, I'm more interested to see what kind of music they listen to in the quarterback <laughs> room because those are three completely different type of personalities. So I'm curious to see if they had to pick a song to play in the quarterback room, who gets the choice and what would it be? <laughs> you know, Joe Flacco's in there looking like that Clint Eastwood gif. You know, I mean, he's just <laughs> all the time. Uh, the best wide receiver, though, for the Philadelphia Eagles is a mystery to me. And uh, let me tell you why. Before you tell me who you like so much. I mean, it's a it's a it's a strange little room. You know, you got Keith Watkins and Jalen Rieger, Devontae Smith, Greg Ward, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside still hanging around somehow, some way. And, and they cut then they cut somebody from last year that we really liked. Um, they, oh, they cut Travis Fulgham, who was, was kind of like a flash as a fill in last year, but I didn't think he was anything more than that. So I wasn't that surprised by that cut. It's a pretty loaded room. But here's the, here's my warning about the Devonta Smith. Everybody's going gaga about him and I can understand why He, he is what he is, but I've been unimpressed by Alabama wide receivers for the most part when they come out in that first year. And I'm going to tell you why I think that ends up happening in the NFL. I think that the Alabama Crimson Tide coaching staff is really, really good. And and I think it's a little difference whenever you go to the NFL and you've got a little, maybe a little bit more freedom than being under all those coaches in Alabama. And I really like Alabama's system as far as producing great wide receivers. And I think it's really like sometimes a downgrade so much for these people whenever they leave Alabama and go to the wide receiving room in the NFL that, that maybe that's why we're seeing not such great production out of a Henry Ruggs or a Jerry Judy or, or somebody like that. I know Calvin Ridley is, a, 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 to me, he's an anomaly from those other names. Yeah, you know what? That's an interesting point, Wes, because, you know, you, you have seen that history, especially the couple of guys recently that you named. But the hope is that, you know, we got a, a Heisman Trophy winner in Devonta Smith here. 
and that he can be of that more more towards the Calvin Ridley side of things than the Henry Rugg side of things. But I mean, you don't know. He's a little guy. He's he's you know what, 170 pounds soaking wet. Mm-hmm. So you know you worry about him with those little pencil legs and and you know. <laughs> Any any big hit going over the middle could you know snap him in half. So yeah. as much as I'd like to believe in him, and I do have a decent amount of shares of him, I just I don't know that he's gonna be that guy yet. So he's hard to trust until we see it. Well, and I'll I'll say this: you said the Heisman Trophy winner. Okay, I just mentioned that he came out of a system that has won like four hundred national championships in a row. Right? Okay, I was, <laughs> I'm I'm just and I, I you know I exaggerate a little bit, but a great team with a quarterback that marched into the NFL and became a starting quarterback, Mac Jones, right? And we're all, well, now that he's a starting quarterback, we all have these high hopes for him and everything like that. So I'm, I'm going to say that it was more the system, more the quarterback, than it was necessarily Devonta, Devonta Smith. I, I do think the, the verdict is still out on him. Please don't hang your hat on him too much, is all I'm saying here for our fantasy friends. And I, I hope he proves me wrong because he is somebody that I really like. Over in Atlanta, we, we got some I, – I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this team because there's so many questions for me about, what, you know, Kyle Pitts be great. Will will uh, Riley be able to handle the number one receiver, Mark? Is Zacchaeus going to be able to do anything? What do you think about this team, JB? Is this going to be an offensive juggernaut like it has been in the past? I wouldn't go as far as to call him a juggernaut, but I think we'll be able to see what we want to see out of them this week against the Philly defense. It's not very good. This is going to be another one of those games that could be an absolute shootout. You know, both of these defenses aren't known to have good secondaries. In fact, they're both pretty bad in the secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, Calvin Ridley is going to be matched up with Darius Slay most of the game. But Slay's not the guy that he was in Detroit. He's not the guy that we remember being that lockdown corner. So I think Ridley's going to be fine. I think, you know, obviously with the draft capital you paid for Ridley, you're going to fire him up in your lineups. But I'm interested to see if it's going to be Zacchaeus or Gage, who's the second target in wide receivers. And I want to see how they use Kyle Pitts. You know, he's one of those guys who can kind of be one of those tight end unicorns that they could split out wide. And he could actually be the second most targeted pass catcher on that offense. So this is one of those games that it's going to be exciting to watch because there should be a lot of offense. And I want to see how they how that second pass catcher shakes out in Atlanta. I agree with you. I, I, one thing, when I was looking at these rosters preparing for this show, I went, oh, man. And I knew it already, but I just never really thought about it until I saw it on paper, really. I, 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 you and I both love Mike Davis, and he was one of those last RB1s that you could really pick up in drafts, I believe, besides Chase Edmonds or something. Uh, but I went, I wonder how much Cordero Patterson is going to cut into Mike Davis's goal line work and his shares. Uh, not necessarily worried about Wayne Gallman, even though I would like Wayne Gallman as a pass receiver if I was the Atlanta coaching staff. But Cordero Patterson has talked himself into vulturing opportunities for running backs, not only in New England, but in Chicago as well. So I see a pattern developing in Cordero Patterson's workload over the last two teams that he's been with. And I sure hope that doesn't happen here in Atlanta. Yeah, me too, because you you kind of rely on Mike Davis getting those goal line carries because he's a bigger back, right? He's a he's a big, strong guy with giant leg muscles. So you you hope that he's a guy that they're going to feed the ball to when they get inside the red zone. So I really hope that we don't see Cordero Patterson. I mean, that's, you know, you get those vulture touchdowns from a guy like Patterson and it's just like, ugh. And, what? you know, my 40 percent 
roster ship of Mike Davis? Sure, hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, the, here's the thing, though. He, it's not vulturing touchdowns. That's why I didn't say he vultures touchdowns. I said he vultures opportunities, red zone opportunities, because I don't see the guy get in the end zone all the time. At least he did for the Bears, and it was very, very frustrating. And, JP, you're bringing up the Bears, and so I'm going to change gears. Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, yeah, I know, I brought it up. You brought up the Bears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to switch gears and get happy again and get excited because we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and Najee Harris. Okay, I am so excited to watch this guy play. I think, though, that they are going to run this guy into the ground at some point this year. I don't know if he's going to be able to handle that workload. He looks like a mini Derrick Henry to me is what he always reminded me of in Alabama. But I just know Pittsburgh. They, they, they run, they pass, they run, they pass, they run, they pass all to the, all to the running backs. I hope they spread it and distribute it. All those target shares around a little bit more because I just see in the preseason, I saw him giving Najee way too big of a workload. Well, I think they wanted to see that he could be a three down back because he kind of fell into the perfect situation here, landing in Pittsburgh as a team that he, he doesn't have much competition behind him or if any at running back. So they want him to come in and be a mini Derrick Henry, be a guy who can carry the workload and and be in there, but actually catch passes. So a little bit better than a Derrick Henry because he can catch passes. So he has the potential to be that breakout He's the guy who I predict as my offensive rookie of the year this year because he just falls into such a perfect opportunity. Now, that offensive line is a little bit questionable, mm -hmm. so we don't know that they're going to be able to open up the holes for him that we need. And on the other side of things, they have three pretty capable wide receivers on that offense. So yep. it's a matter of, all right, is Ben going to throw the rock? You know, Ben's at the end of his, of his tenure in the NFL, so we don't know if this is going to be his last year or not. He might want to go out with a bang and – He's got three solid weapons in Johnson, Claypool, and Juju to throw the ball to. So we don't know what kind of workload we're going to get yet at Anaji, but I think, you know, there's a lot of weapons here to play with. Is this Pat Fryermouth? I don't know. What, it, what is his name? Fryermouth? Fryermouth? <laughs> <laughs> is he going to cut into Eric Ebron's workload at all? And I know Eric Ebron is just one of those tight ends to me that's a tight end streamer or whatever. I, I just always see him getting like six to eight targets and possibly could fall into the end zone at some point. Somebody Ben Roethlisberger seems to kind of look for. Yeah, and I think eventually Fryermuth could kind of cut into that. But off the bat, I mean, you know that it's it's a, not an easy transition for a rookie tight end to come into the league and make an impact. We don't see that happen very often. So I think that there's going to be a lot of nuances for the rookie to learn. And I think until he kind of gets up to speed, it's still going to be Ebron there. All right. They go against the Buffalo Bills. And one of the things I noticed about the Bills depth chart, it, it's not very deep. I don't, it's 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 shallow waters right there. I, I know we got Josh Allen, but then there's no running backs we like, right? There's no there's no running backs we really like. Then you got Stephon Diggs, you got Sanders, you got Cole Beasley, and then Gabe Davis, who's going to emerge this year again. Isaiah McKenzie, Jay, I, I, Dawson Knox is the tight end. There's not as many weapons there as it looks like. There's a lot. They they put a lot on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in that offense. JB, are they going to be able to be able to hold up the things this this week in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think so. And and you know what? I am still surprised that they didn't go out and trade for Zach Ertz. Like the rumors had it, because you you mentioned Dawson Knox, and he's kind of just a guy at tight end. I mean, he can catch a couple of passes and and do what he needs to do. But yeah, you're right. They could use another solid weapon. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a guy who has a big role in this offense. They ended up paying Emmanuel Sanders double what John Brown got paid before he got cut. 
to play the John Brown role in this offense. So, you know, Cole Beasley is still a productive slot wide receiver, you know, put all the off the field stuff aside. He's still a very productive slot receiver and he and Josh Allen do have a connection. So I think that, you know, did Josh Allen hit his ceiling last year? Possibly, but there's no reason not to believe that he can't just stay there at the ceiling. Right. Right. No, no, I, I agree. I think so. And, 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 and JB, I, I, you brought it up, not me. But I think that uh, what what if just what if this may be the coffee and Claritin talking now, but what if Cole Beasley and uh, Allen go on the unvaxxed tour this year? What if they do that? You know, just to kind of do whatever it is they want to do and have those kind of uh, situations. But it, I I could still see Cole Beasley being targeted and having that high ceiling like he had this year. So I, I'm glad you brought that up because I do like Cole Beasley this season. Yeah, I mean he can be productive. And you mentioned the backfield, and I'll touch on it real quick. You oh. don't like to play. You don't like to play anybody in that Buffalo backfield. But Oops. I am kind of, and you know, Wes, you know, last year I was a, I was a Zach Moss guy. I've switched over this year. I'm going to be a Devin Singletary <laughs> guy this year. And I, I have I drafted all the no. drafts that I drafted late. I've drafted some Devin Singletary no. later in the draft because I do think that of all the running backs of those running backs. He is going to be the one that's used more and, and has a better role in that offense. So if you got to roll the dice on one of them, Singletary's my guy this year. Yeah, he's your guy. I'll roll the dice up and then it'll land on one of the little points is what it'll be whenever it lands for a Buffalo Bill. Hey, San Francisco versus Detroit. The San Francisco 49ers led by Mohamed Sanu Sr., JB. I know that's your guy. You love that guy. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a talented offense. I love this. I love this offense. I love what they do. And I think going into Detroit, we're going to be able to see tons of fantasy numbers for everybody. I don't care who it is. I'm not worried about Jimmy G getting any offensive uh, you know, snaps regulated or anything from Trey Lance. I think he's still going to be able to put up a decent amount of points. I really love to see George Kittle get the end zone this week as well after his hard work coming back from that injury. Yeah, and I think he will, Wes. I think that this is a week that against this Detroit team, I'm going to fire up a lot of San Francisco weapons here, and especially George Kittle. He's, you know, that guy who's in that talk in the top three tight ends, and, and justifiably so. He's been a beast when he's been on the field. Like you said, he's worked hard to come back from that injury, and I think he wants to come out and show the world he's healthy. You look at guys like Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel, who can both be productive receivers. Obviously, I mean, I still do have Ayuk higher than Samuel, but you don't love the fact that he doesn't really get downfield. I mean, he has like negative a dot as far as like his average depth of target, but I'm really high on Raheem Mostert this week, Wes. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people kind of shied away from him draft season for two reasons. One, because he's a little injury prone or very injury prone. And two, because they went out and drafted Trey Sermon. We know that Shanahan's offense is not going to only have one guy running the ball. So Sermon's going to be involved. But it's going to be most its backfield to start. I think that Shanahan's going to give the veteran the nod. He's going to have the opportunity, and he's healthy. So if you have most it on your team, you're going to put him in your lineup now. Linda and I were talking about this. You sent the message to the besties chat. Do I start most it or so and so? I don't even remember who the other option was, but it's most it. If you drafted most it, you're going to use him right now while he's healthy, while he's on the field. And when he's on the field, he's one of the fastest players in the NFL. So he could certainly break one to the house with ease. So I'm very high on most it this week, especially against Detroit. One of my curiosities this week is what is what are they going to do in the red zone whenever Trey Lance comes in at quarterback, right? Because I, I, I've seen him. He, he's going to run the ball in. I've seen him. And I just wonder if they're not going to 
do that a little bit more than giving George Kittle the option or or giving uh, you know something to Brandon Ayuk or Raheem Mostart. I, I I just I'm curious as to see how that shakes out a little bit. And in season long, JB, one of the running backs I'm curious about is Elijah Mitchell because he's the fourth string running back, and you just know how every single running back in in San Francisco gets hurt every year. Elijah Mitchell will be a name we talk about before the end of the season, JB. That's just what I think. Hey, I also the 49er defense. Really, really good. I'm going to stick them in the captain mode and everything this week because Jared Goff under pressure. That that's like a that's like a pinball machine out there for the defensive side of things. Yeah, and San Francisco is the highest priced defense on DraftKings this week, and you know there's a reason for that. Detroit is a team that nobody knows if they're going to score touchdowns slash win games. I mean. They don't really have much pass-catching weapons for a not-so-good quarterback in Jared Goff. So, I mean, the only guys that I think I have any shares of in Detroit are Hawkinson and and a little bit of DeAndre Swift. Um, I'm not very high on Swift, especially in week one. There's been some speculation last week that he might not be ready for week one. So even if he does play, which he's trending towards playing, I I still think Jamal Williams, who's a Kevin Tompkins zero RB special there. I think he's going to be very involved in that offense. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because I am in love with Jamal Williams this year. Uh, I like the receiving aspect of things. And, and look, they're they're playing for next season, I think, in Detroit as well. And they're going to want to preserve DeAndre Swift just a little bit there. Uh, they spent a lot of money on Jamal Williams for a reason. And that may be because he's a sacrificial lamb. All right, JP, uh, rank these guys for me. Jared Goff or Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. Darnold or Zach Wilson? Darnold. For this week, Zach Wilson or oh, who you said Darnold? Oh, okay, yep. I had okay. Uh, for this week, Darnold or Ben Roethlisberger? Who? Um, I think I'm still gonna go revenge game, Darnold. There. Ooh, <laughs> Darnold or Jimmy Garoppolo? Revenge game, Darnold. Why not? <laughs> well, look, I think Jimmy's gonna be handed off a lot against Detroit, so there's not gonna be much volume there. Okay. All right. Revenge Gabe Darnold or Matthew Ryan? Mm, I got to go Matt Ryan. Sorry. Sorry, Sam. No, no, no. All right. And these are my rankings backwards, I guess. Matt Ryan or Jalen Hurts? I'm going Jalen Hurts. Uh, Okay. All right. Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. All right. I thought that was pretty easy. All right. Then we have any Buffalo running back or Tevin Coleman. Oh, I love me some Tevin Coleman, Wes. I have <laughs> I have to at least once this year say Tevin Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great matchup against Buffalo for your rankings to be able to do that. Tevin Coleman or DeAndre Swift? Tevin Coleman. Coleman or Sanders? I'm Miles going Sanders. Sanders. I'm okay. going Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Sanders or uh, Mike Davis? Mike Davis. Davis or Mostert? Mostert. Mostert or Najee? Oh, man. I'm going to give a slight nod to Mostert this week. Okay, Mostert or CMC? That's easy. Yeah, CMC. Okay. I, 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 obviously, Mostert's a must-start for me, but you can't pick him over CMC. Okay, so <laughs> I, I did the wide receiver one. Wait, see, you're going to giggle. Detroit Lion wide receiver or a Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver? Oh, my God, really? <laughs> oh man um well i will say a philadelphia eagles wide receiver since they have the better matchup against atlanta philadelphia or Corey davis 
Corey Davis. Corey Davis or Robbie Anderson? I'll even throw, you know, any Carolina. You got DJ Moore there, too. Yeah, I would take both of them over Corey Davis, I think. Okay. All right. What about uh, them? I stopped there for some reason. I, I don't know why I stopped there. That was that was all I had, JB. Them or any San Francisco 49er? I'm still going to go Carolina. You're still going to go Carolina, one of the Carolinas. Uh, any Carolina, I think I know why now, because there's so many people to pick from in Pittsburgh. But first, I'll go over to Atlanta and Calvin Ridley. Mm, I'm going to go Ridley in what I think is going to be a shootout. Okay, Ridley. Uh, what about Ridley or any of the Pittsburgh Steeler wide receivers? You know, I think they eat into each other's production so much that I'm going to mm-hmm. stay with Ridley for the volume. Isn't that something that that's that's how we look at it from a fantasy perspective? You know, that's just that's how you got to look at it. Ridley or uh, that Buffalo receiver, Diggs. Oh, Stephon. that Diggs guy. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Diggs there. I agree with you. And it is a tough matchup, though, against Pittsburgh. It is. So it's a it's a close one. I mean, I, I think that Ridley has the better matchup against Philly. And I, again, I think it's going to be a shootout, but it's hard not to pick Diggs. I like doing this because of the DFS options as well, because you got to make some of those cho- tough choices, not just in your season long uh, environments for like the bottom tiered part of the, the rankings here that we're talking about. But for DFS purposes, you may have to pick between a, a Ridley or a Diggs and which one would you prefer in that matchup that week? So I, I really like doing this. Me too. Um, Sam Darnold or Eric Ebron? I said Sam Darnold. No, 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 (laughs) the Darnold Arnold connection got me there. Uh, Arnold, Arnold or Ebron? Dan Arnold. Uh, Really? Yep. Come on. I I mean, I'm in love with Arnold. I I don't. I'm going to need a poster of Arnold before the season's over with. But Arnold or Goldair? Oh man. See, I still think that Ertz plays a big enough role to hurt. Goddard, but I also mm-hmm. think that Arnold is is pressed for targets against those wide receivers. So this is tough. Um, I'm and Ertz say and Goddard are the best wide receivers in Philadelphia, in my opinion. <laughs> they could be. <laughs> um, I think I'm still going to say Dan Arnold. Okay, uh, Arnold or Ertz? I guess same thing. I'm going to stay with Arnold on that. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about uh, Arnold or TJ? Arnold has moved up the individual rankings. Yeah, I got to go Hawkinson there. Okay, TJ or Pitts? Um, until I see how they're going to use Pitts, and it's his first game in the NFL, I'm still going to go Hawkinson. Okay, and TJ or Kittle? That's an easy one. Yeah, it's not that easy, but I am going to go Kittle. Okay, all right, all right. I can't believe that's not that easy. I know Kittle's going to get one touchdown. I don't I, know. I love Hawkinson this year. I, I think he's just set up in a position where he has to be the main target. My 24% roster ship hoped so. So <laughs> I, I am very high on Kittle, on, on Hawkinson. But, yeah, you got to give the edge to Kittle there. And I don't know if uh, Hawkinson is going to see past the 50-yard line, to be honest with you. Hey, the fantasy magnets have turned the page, and we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks against the Indianapolis Colts, JB. Just a little bit of games left here on this episode, but this is one of those intriguing games to see how this Seattle offense that is brand new this season is going to be able to adjust to that environment and i keep hearing gerald everett gerald everett breakout tight end do you think everett's going to be a breakout tight end in this system i just haven't seen it before in the past with this new orleans coach i i I don't i don't know i don't think it's going to happen do you i think it will i think Uh, it will i think he has his coach coming over and they like they're going to scheme him open 
Russ likes to have that target there. I mean, obviously, he's going to compete with Metcalf and Lockett for targets, so it, the target volume is not going to be great. But I definitely do think that this could be a, a year for Everett where he does kind of climb up those tight end rankings. Okay, I can maybe see that. Do you think that this is just going to be a great uh, new offense, or is it going to take a little bit of time to adjust? Uh, it might be a little bit of an adjustment, but I do think that there's plenty of weapons on that offense that Russ is going to have them cooking, and they're going to be pretty productive. All right, over in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz is there. I, I don't know how he's going to rebound from the injury. I don't know how he's going to rebound from a, a terrible season last season, which may not have been all his fault. We saw the wheels fall off in Philadelphia. Is he going to be able to rebound this week against the Seattle defense that were used to being kind of good? But really, if we think about it, last year, they were really bad. Yeah, and they're still going to be pretty bad. I mean, they do have Jamal Adams there, but their corners are very suspect, and I don't think they're going to be very good. With Wentz, I mean, this could be a matchup where he can be a productive passer, but we don't know how healthy he is. He's just coming back off that injury. We haven't seen him in the preseason, really. So, you know, his weapons aren't, you know, he lost T.Y. Hilton, but Michael Pittman Jr. is there. You got Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal. I mean, it's not guys that really jump out to you. So it could be a good week for him, but this is an offense that I want to wait and see, too. I do think that Pittman can be that wide receiver one, but I think mm -hmm. Paris Campbell's a reliable option also. So I kind of want to see this offense play out. Yeah, we have to look at this a little bit. But one of the things I do think that we can do is stick Naheem Hines in a flex spot and feel pretty comfortable. Don't you agree that he might be one of those Kareem Huntish kind of backs that we could just we got to because he might hit it. He might hit for one of those 30 point games again. I don't. I don't. And I think I don't oh. because I think I don't because I just argue with Kevin Tompkins and Linda so much about <laughs> Naeem Hines. Because now now Kevin's kind of converted Linda into this zero RB nonsense. And they're drafted and they're sending us lineups like, oh, look at this great team I put together. And they have like seven starting wide receivers. And then like Naeem Hines is their running back one. And I'm like, you can't put a team together with him as your running back one. And they're like, but he could be an RB one on any given week. And I'm like, but it's Jonathan Taylor season. Like they're not going to do what they did last year when they were easing Jonathan Taylor in. He's going to get the workload. And sure, Naeem Hines could have one of those games but man I can't put him in my lineup with confidence and feel good about it the only thing I like about him this week more so than anything else is I, I, I know underneath the Seattle Seahawks were really vulnerable last season and I could see Naheem Hines getting open underneath. I, I don't know that he necessarily runs a lot of crossing routes and all those things. He, he seems to be more of a bailout option. Uh, but I, 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 I wasn't impressed, impressed by Seattle's tackling ability either. And Naheem Hines is slippery when he gets out there in the open field. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Another star game for me because I really, really like this game. And when we were, when I was going through the depth charts, JB, the Cleveland Browns. You know what they have? They, they are. They got. They're loaded. They're loaded, JB. And I'm not saying that just for a Kingsman thing. So you'd be like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they are loaded. Yeah, Mayfield, Chubb, Hunt, Beckham, Higgins, Landry. Peoples Jones, I mean, Austin Hooper, Ninjoku, Harrison Bryant, all names. I, they're loaded. They're they're ready to go. Uh, do you do you think they have a lot of weapons too? They do, and that's why I think the total for this game is the highest for the week. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, Kansas City is a is a team that you know always has offensive fireworks, but I think Cleveland, who's a team who notoriously just handed the ball off and was pretty boring in in as far as like you know fantasy goes, it's just all right, handoff, 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 but. 
there are a lot of weapons there. And I think that Baker can use a healthy Odell, use a reliable Jarvis Landry in conjunction with those two running backs. And this offense has the potential to really take a step forward, especially with a really good offensive line. Yeah, and I hope that Odell has a shot of humility in him after watching his team succeed and play so well without him last year. I, I doubt I doubt that happened, but I just hope that it did because if he just became a more of a team player instead of a me player, I think that he could just be really, really a great complement to this offense. The, the explosiveness he has, the threat that he has of being able to break a touchdown on any play, uh, as long as that's, he doesn't ha- have to be the focal point. you know. And that's my concern with this offense, because you saw when he was healthy, it feels like Baker Mayfield, like when he'd throw a touchdown to somebody else, he'd like run over to Odell and apologize and like be like, don't worry, I'm going to throw it to you next time. And then he'd kind of feel obligated to get him the ball and was kind of forcing balls his way. So, you know, you'd hope that he kind of humbled himself and, and becomes a team player because this is a team that could have Super Bowl potential here mm-hmm. as long as they were all on the same page. Yeah, but uh, let's just let's just we've we've never used the word humbled. And Odell in the same sentence before. <laughs> All right, Kansas City. Of course, uh, th- these are two question marks for me for Kansas City. Is CEH going to step up? I know he wasn't as bad as it feels like he was last year, but he wasn't as good as people hoped either, right? I think I think in hindsight we go, okay, he wasn't that bad. But none of us are saying, boy, he was really good. You know, that, so in hindsight, I think we, we see things a little bit differently than was inside the season. And then also, McCole Hardman. Is he going to be able to step up into this role? And JV, when I talk about depth, it is completely the opposite of the Cleveland Browns. Kansas City just doesn't have a lot of depth. No, they don't. And it's actually Byron Pringle who's been my late round target, you know, last round of a draft type of stash, because I don't know that I could believe in Hardman. And earlier in the offseason, I did kind of say, okay, you know, I do want to get a share of this Kansas City offense. And, you know, I wasn't getting Kelsey or Hill in the first or second rounds and Mahomes was going too early and wasn't sure about CEH. So I did draft a couple of shares of Hardman and Linda kind of smacked me around in the chat about it. And then I started watching a little bit and, and saw Byron Pringle kind of standing out in the preseason. And I think that he's a guy that if Hardman doesn't step up into that number two role, it could be Byron Pringle. So if he's a free agent, anybody who's listening to us right now, go out there and pick him up and stash him on your bench in case that happens. You want a, pair, you want a piece of this offense. You do. And I'm, you say that, and I'm going to tell you right now. I've always said it whenever like uh, uh, the hill goes out with an injury or something. The guy who always steps up is Demarcus Robinson. I, he's always the guy who steps up. In my opinion, he's always the guy who steps up. I mean, besides, you know, that, that he looks for on offense to throw the ball to. And I think he's a trusted weapon of Patrick Mahomes. So myself personally, I'd prefer Demarcus Robinson. But I'm not sure that I'd prefer him over a lot of other wide receivers in the NFL. That's just such a deep position. It is. So, you know, that that's a dart throw, and I know I want a piece of this pie, but I ain't going out of my way to get it. Denver Broncos are going to the New York Giants. JP, this is, this is a weird game, right? To me, this is a weird game. I don't know what to expect really out of either team. I just know that the Denver Broncos became a little more fantasy relevant, all apologies to Linda, whenever Teddy Bridgewater became quarterback of this team. Yeah, I I think that they went with Bridgewater because he gave them that, you know, cool and calm and steady kind of reliable option versus Locke, who would have been more of a gunslinging, try to get things done type of guy. So I think that by going to Bridgewater, it gives guys like Jerry Judy and Noah Fant a little bump up. I would have liked Sutton a little bit better 
if it was Lockett quarterback. But I think with Teddy there, I'm giving the nod to Judy now. Okay. I, I think what ended up happening was like Von Miller went into the coach's office and he said, look, man, if you're going to play Drew Locke again this year, it's going to be a really long season. And this defense is going to quit on you because we, we just can't take it anymore. We just can't take all the intercepts. We can't take all the turnovers. We can't do it. Uh, and so I think that maybe that's why Teddy Bridgewater, I do like them from a fantasy standpoint a lot better now that he is at quarterback. And for the New York Giants, Jones Galladay, is everybody going to be buzzing about that connection on Monday? I hope so. And my 40% roster ship of Daniel Jones hopes so, even though I'm probably <laughs> not going to be starting him. I mean, a lot of those best balls will put him in there, obviously, if he if he does have a big game. But I've drafted him as a QB3 in a super flex or a QB2 in a 1QB league in hopes that he takes the step forward this year. And I think he can. He's, he's a guy who finally has an extra weapon in Galladay on the outside. The offensive line did improve towards the end of last year, so we got to see if they take a step forward. But you'd like to hope that that Jones-Galladay connection is something that we're going to be talking about all year. Yeah, and, and this game, once again, a lot of observations here. Who's going to shake out as a number one receiver maybe in Denver? Also, how many reps is Saquon going to get? Who's going to shake out? Is Galladay going to really connect with Jones? A lot of things we got to look and see in this game. So I'm looking forward to all the observations from week Number one, hey, Green Bay Packers are marching into wherever they're playing against the New (laughs) New Orleans Saints. They're playing somewhere in Florida, I believe. And uh, all of our thoughts go out to those people in Hurricane Ida this week. So we have Green Bay going to New Orleans against the Jameis Winston New Orleans Saints. Aaron Rodgers is on a revenge tour. Devontae Adams, they had something to prove last year, and I think they proved it. They just came up a little bit short in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that they're, you know, in that last dance mode right now with mm-hmm. Rodgers and Adams. So I think their their goal is Super Bowl or bust, right? So I think that they're going to throw a lot to, you know, each other. Rodgers is going to throw to Adams a lot. They're going to connect a lot. Um, I'm very high on Aaron Jones this year also. I think he kind of shed that Jamal Williams uh, from competition from his yeah. backfield. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's going to be a little bit more involved in the passing game this year. Alan Lazard's a guy who's been a deep sleeper I've been targeting. And, you know, Rogers brought in Randall Cobb to run some of those short and intermediate routes. Tunyon, obviously, I'm not going to get into it again. I'm a fade on Tunyon. I think he can score some touchdowns, but he's not going to score 10 again. So, I mean, I think the guys like Lazard and Randall Cobb coming in are going to cut into those targets. Rogers is going to look Adams way most of the time. And Tunyon's a fade for me. Yeah, I I agree. I think Cobb does get some of those Tunyon touchdowns this year. He does get his he's, he's touchdown dependent, and they're just not going to be there as much because Cobb is going to get paid a little bit in the end zone because hey, Aaron Rodgers is on his last dance. He's going to want to throw it to that guy a couple of different times, and if they can get uh, what's his name off the off the sofa, maybe they might bring in that that wide receiver he loved to throw to early in his career as well. Whatever his name was, what was his name? Jordy Nelson. Yeah, he might bring Jordan Nelson to do it, too. Hey, uh, Jameis Jameis Winston is leading that wide receiving core from the quarterback standpoint. Which wide receiver are you going to trust in New Orleans, JB? I don't don't know. Well, apparently now there's only one to trust because breaking news, Traquan Smith's going to the IR. Looks like he had... Yeah, looks like... Looks like he got a little hammy going on. So it's going to be Marquez Calloway and or bust here for Jameis. So, you know, we saw Jameis in his Tampa days just force feed the ball to Mike Evans when he was his only option. So I think he's going to do the same for Calloway, only they have Alvin Kamara. So, you know, they might opt to run the ball a lot more than the Tampa Bay Winston teams used to run the ball. 
Um, I think a deep sleeper here for people to look at is Juwan Johnson at tight end. And if he's on your waiver wire, run to the waiver wire and pick him up because Adam Troutman is a guy who people in the offseason were talking about having a role this year. But what we saw in the preseason was that Troutman was still playing the blocking role at tight end. They were bringing in Juwan Johnson to run the pass catching routes to play that Jared Cook role. Troutman was still in the blocking role. So there's a chance and a probably a pretty good chance that Juwan Johnson sitting on your waiver wire run there and pick him up because Andrew Cooper, our tight end guru, is very high on Juwan Johnson, too. And if Coop says it and it's about a tight end, I'm believing it. I agree with you there. And and can I say, I, I haven't looked at the prices on the captain games, uh, uh, captain ga- uh, captain prices for this game. But if, if Taysom Hill is in there and he's cheap, okay, because Jameis Winston has been named the starter, put put Taysom Hill in a captain lineup. Just, just put him in the captain spot. And this is why. If this goes bad, which it could, okay, it could with Jameis Winston as quarterback. All of a sudden, Taysom Hill's going to be in there, and he's going to be doing Taysom Hill things. I know what Taysom Hill is. I know. I'm just talking about in some kind of tournament mode, put Taysom Hill in there as a captain spot just in case he ends up going off on Sunday. That's all I'm saying. Ugh, I thought I was done having to talk about Taysom Hill. Yeah, you don't have to talk about him, <laughs> I did. All right, JB, rank these guys for me. Carson Wentz or Teddy Bridgewater? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston? Oof. Carson Wentz, I guess. <laughs> Wentz or Baker? I'll go Baker. Baker or Russ? Russ. Russ or Rogers? Rogers. This week, okay, I agree with you. Rogers or Patty Mahomes? Oh, Patty Daddy. All right, Patrick Mahomes against Cleveland? Against anybody. <laughs> it's okay. Patrick right. Mahomes. All right. Uh, we have uh, Gordon, Melvin Gordon. Uh, we did. We got a, that's an observation, too, for Denver, which which running back is going to be a better running back. But I'm going to put down either one of the running backs in for Denver or CEH. I'll give a lean to CEH here. OK, this C, this running back room is loaded, by the way. I have CEH you know, second from the bottom, JB, JB, uh, CEH or Saquon Barkley. Saquon. Yeah, I put him down there at the bottom just because of his limited possibility of snaps that they yep. that you keep hearing. Barkley or Carson? I'll go Carson. Carson or Taylor? I'm going to go Carson. Really? Okay, okay, I can see that. Carson or Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones or Nicholas Chubb? Mm, hmm. I'll lean Chubb. All right. Well, I don't blame you. Uh, Chubb or Kamara? Kamara, because they're old Mother Hubbard, and he's the only one in the cover. <laughs> <laughs> it is something. And and we'll, we're going to see whether or not Kamara can can be an RB1. I know he's been an RB1, right? But it's kind of been bells and whistles in that New Orleans Saints offense because Drew Brees is such a threat. Michael Thomas is such a threat. You don't know where the ball's going, and you think that it's going to Kamara but we're going to really see, can he be the guy? And and I'm curious to see that this Sunday. It, all right. Any Indianapolis wide receiver or any New Orleans Saint wide receiver? I guess force-fed force Marquez Calloway. <laughs> okay. Uh, force-fed Marquez Calloway or any Denver receiver? Jerry Judy. Judy or any Brown receiver? Jerry Judy. I'm high on him this week. Okay. Uh, Judy or uh, Galladay? Hmm. 
I'll I'll give the lean to Galladay, hoping he's healthy. All right, Galladay or Lockett. Galladay. Okay, Galladay or Metcalf. Metcalf. Metcalf or Hill. Hill. Hill or Adams. Adams. Really? Okay. All right. All right. Adams, it is. So so be it. Any wide res- any tight ends that we're just looking at? Because I, I looked at this. I, you got Austin Hooper, of course. He's going to be a threat. And I guess it's Noah Fant. But above all else, it's going to be Kelsey, right? Yeah, it's got to be Kelsey ahead of everybody. And, you know, there's not really many other options at tight end this week there. Other than if you're looking for a punt play in DFS and you're going Juwan Johnson in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as far as Hooper or Fant, which one would you pick in uh, DFS lineups? I would go Fant. Okay. All right. All right. Next uh, little page here, JB, and we're almost done. we got three games left here on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast on Fantasy Impact Today Network. Miami against the New England Patriots. A Tua versus Mac matchup, JB. This is so cool. But my question to you is, a Gaskin an RB1? I think he is. I think he is because he he's going to be the guy there. You know, we could worry about seeing some touchdown vulturing, but I think he's going to be given the opportunity to be the RB1 there. And I think he'll have enough volume to be that kind of low end RB1 or a high end RB2, let's call him. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I, I see the potential. I also just don't know if the workload is going to be there. They they depended upon the quarterback so many times there, and I, I, I know he received the ball. I know he caught some passes and all, but I, I'm just curious to see how that works out. And one of the things I'm really excited about, and you remember hearing me say this about Tua last year, he loves those slants. He loves those little slant routes he, over and over again. He threw that at, at Alabama, and I think Jalen Waddle really fills that spot well, I know what I said earlier about Alabama wide receivers. I understand that. But Jalen Waddle falls right into a place with a quarterback that he's just one year removed from. Both of them know the Alabama plays. And so I think they could run that playbook very easily there in Miami between the two of them anyway. Yeah, I agree. And I think they're going to you know, already have that connection. So they're going to be able to kind of communicate on the field with each other and, you know, little audibles that they'll, only they will know. So. I am excited to see what Waddle does in this offense with his old quarterback. And I'm very high on Waddle this year. I think he's a guy who who could be the best of this rookie wide receiver class this year. Could be. Could be uh, injury issues as well. Jalen Waddle was plagued by those in seasons past at Alabama. Well, that's, because, well, that's because he doesn't walk. Why is he Waddles? I got coffee and Claritin running through my veins, JB. You can't give me a little because he waddles. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to use that on Sunday, watching it with my daughter. Um, Mac Jones, though, is leading those New England Patriots. We really got to wait and see. I, I trust Mac Jones. I know he can run this offense if the offense goes back to a a, a Tom Brady-ish kind of offense. I think he could do it. I just don't know if they have any weapons to do it with anymore. Yeah, and I talked about that on the Fantasy Besties show this week, is that Mac Jones is better suited for this offense and this coaching staff that has won with Tom Brady than Cam Newton was, right? They had to kind of just go with it on the fly with Cam last year, but Mac Jones is more of that Tom Brady-type quarterback, so he fits the system, he fits the scheme. I think a guy like Aguilar, who can play inside and outside, a lot of people are excited by Jacoby Myers because he was productive out of the slot last year, but he built that rapport with Cam Newton. He's going to have to rebuild that with Mac Jones. Now, we do want the slot receiver in a Josh McDaniels offense. We've seen that. Everyone says, oh, we want the slot in a Tom Brady offense, but it was McDaniels drawing up those plays for the slot receiver. Mm -hmm. So 
he can still be productive, but I think that Bill Belichick has made comments about moving Aguilar inside, outside, so we might see some of him in the slot also. Those tight ends could be the ones who actually lead this receiving group. And and let me just say this. Mac Jones makes every throw in the book, okay? He's not going to – he won't wow you if he's able to throw it out of the stadium or anything like that, but he makes every throw in the book, and he's a pretty accurate quarterback. I'm excited to see what he does in the system. I just don't know what the talent pool around him is. So, once again, something we are waiting and seeing. Hey, in the Chicago Bears versus the Los Angeles Ram well, game. Wes, real quick before we yeah. move on, you yeah. got to mention Damian Harris here because they did okay. kind of clear the way for him by getting rid of Sonny Michelle. So James White's still going to be a factor in the passing game, but I'm excited for Damian Harris to be the lead back there, especially with the rookie quarterback who they don't want to put too much pressure on. So they're probably going to run the ball a lot like we know New England to do. And I'm excited what Damian Harris is going to bring to us in the fantasy perspective. I hear that. And I know what you're saying. But they saw a lot of the running game last year. With Cam Newton behind that, the behind behind that offensive line, they saw a lot of the running game last year. Uh, they saw a lot of Cam Newton doing things. I think they're ready to see what Mac Jones can do with an offense. I, I think they're ready to pass the ball again. They haven't passed the ball for 16 games, JB. They couldn't pass the ball with Cam Newton. So, but I, in I the that, first games, they might ease them into that. So maybe later in the season, you're right. But right now, I think that they're gonna kind of take some of the pressure off Mac by letting him hand off. Okay, this is this is a uh, Ted Fine. Fine, we are polar opposites this week, JP, <laughs> on the Fantasy Magnet podcast. Hey, let's go over to Chicago Los Angeles Ram game. Uh, I don't I don't want to talk about Chicago. I just don't. They they are big underdogs in my opinion against the Rams. The Rams have got all kinds of offensive weapons. I know the Bears have got a pretty good defense. I just don't like their offense at all. I I I don't like much about the Bears this season at all, JB. I, it's it's all yours, but just go ahead. Yes, yeah, not much to talk about there. You know, we're kind of just waiting for Justin Fields to take over. You know, Andy Dalton's going to be the guy who gets the nod. Interested to see if David Montgomery can kind of continue his success from last year. Everybody kind of gives credit to the week end of the season schedule that he had, which allowed him to kind of break out. But Allen Robinson's a guy who you want to kind of stash on your roster. And he's a guy like we were talking about with Zeke, that if he gets a couple of slow weeks with Andy Dalton, you want to try to acquire him for when he gets Justin Fields under center, because he'll probably be playing with the best quarterback he's played with once he gets Justin Fields there. So he's a guy to keep an eye on and, is Marquise Goodwin really your other outside receiver in Chicago? That's just, that's gross. <laughs> it is funny you say that because I wrote on my notes Goodwin on here. Okay, I wrote on my notes Goodwin, and, and you, you you know how my show notes are, JB. We don't share them. Uh, Goodwin, <laughs> and and I I actually got excited for a second because I thought it said Godwin. Okay, <laughs> I I did. I honestly did. I went, ooh, look at that, and then I went, oh, and Wesley, they don't have Godwin. <laughs> so yes, that that is my other outside receiver. <laughs> Yuck. I think we could move on from Chicago now. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about them. And the Rams, I we don't have to talk about the Rams either. This is this is the opposite. The Bears are in the Detroit Lion position. The Bears are in the Houston Texan position. Play all your Rams. Play them all day. Play them all night. And one thing I will say is, is once again, a great backup in the league that we need to keep our eye on. And that if you have that open roster spot this week, that you can maybe vulture an RB1 possibility. Sony Michelle might be that guy for me that I'm going to pick up, uh, especially in a late game like this, in that roster spot of somebody who I might be able to pick up because Daryl Henderson has those injury-prone seasons. Yeah, and hopefully it's not this week. And hopefully he kind of does stay upright this year because he you know he's given the opportunity now with acres out and 
I'm hoping he could run with it, especially with my 24% roster ship of Henderson. So I do hope he can run with that. But the deeper sleeper for me is at the tight end position here in Jacob Harris. Mm-hmm. We know Higby is a guy who people like to every year say is going to be the guy, and he never seems to be the guy, right, outside of that one three-game stretch two years ago. So I think that Higby is still considered the blocking tight end. This Rams offensive line is really good, so they could use Higby as a blocker and allow the rookie Jacob Harris to kind of grow into that pass-catching role there. So he's a deep sleeper to keep an eye on maybe later in the season, too. And, and you know what I mean whenever I say pick up a guy. Like I like that Gio Bernard. I, I took a gamble on Gio Bernard. Well, he I see how it's going to take him some time to get there. So I'm going to go ahead and try to pick up somebody's backup. You know, just 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 somebody on the depth chart because maybe the 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 premier running back in that game gets a little bit hurt, and and then the all of a sudden the RB two or the backup running back becomes the RB one. And and I think that's a little sneaky play as I weave my way through this fantasy football season, JB. It's something that I like to do every year, and sometimes I get pretty lucky. All right, all right. I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right, uh, let's go over to the Baltimore-Las Vegas Raider game. JB, I picked Baltimore to do really well this year. And the injury season plagued them left and right so far almost every day. You open up something about the Baltimore Ravens, one of their elite players is injured and out, not only like out, but gone. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy to see this happening left and right uh, all over again. If, if Baltimore does well, Lamar Jackson is going to be MVP of the universe, but I don't think that he can handle that kind of workload. Yeah. And you know what? That happened to them twice. First, they lost JK Dobbins. And now this week they lost Gus Edwards, who everyone was like, oh, okay, well, I backed up Dobbins with Edwards. So now I'm good to go with Edwards. And then he went down this week for a season ender. So, you know, they're just putting together stuff back there. They got Tyson Williams, who's probably (laughs) going to lead the backfield right now. But they I think they brought in Latavius Murray. Last I heard was his uh, his agent confirmed that they were making it happen. But then they also brought in Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman. And it's like, you know, who's who who's who of used to be good running backs in that backfield. And then a guy named Tyson Williams that nobody ever heard of until a few weeks ago. So, you know, it's Lamar Jackson's the best running back in that backfield. (laughs) Well, and not only that, but Rashad Bateman, too. You know, we had high hopes for him coming into the season. And and now he's hurt. Miles Boykin is hurt as well. Just just what I thought was going to be a pretty big offense. They really tried. They really gave it the front office really gave it a good shot, but it just isn't working (laughs) out right there uh, at all. And I can understand why now NFL people do not practice very hard or why they don't play very much in the preseason. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Uh, On the other side of the ball, you got the Las Vegas Raiders. JB, I'm not sure what's going on there with the Raiders. I don't know who to necessarily target. I know the running backs weren't as bad as I thought they were last season, though. No, they weren't. And and when I was writing my article for Razzball about the split backfields and I got into the Vegas backfield, I kind of sold myself on Josh Jacobs just based off of the productivity he's had the last two years. It's it's an offense that likes to run the ball. It's John Gruden who loves to run the ball and always has. So the volume's there for him. Now, they brought in Kenyon Drake, which is a little head scratching. So I don't know how much he'll cut into Jacobs volume. But he's still a good play there. And, and you know, Darren Waller is the guy who is that next of the top three tight ends that we talk about in that top mm-hmm. tier. And you mentioned Henry Ruggs before having a little bit of a slow start. And I'm curious to see if it's going to be him 
or Edwards that kind of steps up into that wide receiver one role this year. You know, both of them coming into their second year, both of them with high expectations to kind of be those weapons on the outside for, for Carr. So this is a game that I want to watch on Monday night and see who does step up. Yeah, Brian Edwards was the darling of training camp last season, I think, and he lasted for like three snaps in the regular season last year. Uh, if 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 I remember correctly, what will end up happening with the Raiders receivers is that Willie Sneed, Willie Burge, as the wide receiver won. JB, rank these guys of the last three games that we have here on my piece of paper. Mac Jones or Tua Tagovailoa? I'm going to go with Mac. No, I'm going to go with Tua because I think Mac's not going to throw as much this week. I'm going with Tua. Okay, you're wrong, but okay. Uh, Tua, <laughs> Tua or Carr? I'll stay Tua. All right, Tua or Stafford? Stafford. Really? Okay. Uh, Stafford or Lamar? Lamar's going to have to do a lot, so I'm going to give large. it a Lamar because we're going <laughs> to see him in the air and on the ground. Lamar or Andy Dalton? <laughs> I love how you put Andy Dalton at the top of the list. <laughs> Lamar. I, I, I don't know if there's an over-under on how many quarters he's going to play or snaps he's going to play. You know, Andy Dalton, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I just saw, I saw it happen in this way where he just doesn't even play a whole half because he gets slaughtered. That's, that's what I see. So it's, I read well, one beat reporter say that he wouldn't be surprised if they pulled him at halftime, but I think they're going to let Justin Fields get past the Rams matchup before they throw him to the fire. I agree. I just think that Andy Dalton's going to get hurt before then. That's that is honestly that is my prediction. Oh, that's I'm, not awesome. even, I'm not even trying to be funny about that. He's got a concussion waiting for him uh, in the first or second quarter, and I hope it doesn't happen. I want the best for Andy Dalton. I've really liked Andy Dalton, and I never wish harm on anybody. Uh, Adam Gase, uh, maybe uh, Baltimore Ravens versus uh, any of the Gas uh, uh, any Baltimore Raven running back or Miles Gaskins. Miles Gaskin. <laughs> It's funny when you I just Miles Gaskin or Harris. Harris. Okay, Najee or Henderson. Well, not Najee, but uh, yeah. Well, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Damian. Damian, but I'm, I'm sorry. Damian Harris. Hey, uh, Damian Harris Najee was a, over all of them. <laughs> Damian, Damian Harris was a Alabama running back, so you'll have to excuse me. Uh, but who who did you have, Harris or Henderson? I went Harris. Okay, Harris or Montgomery. Harris. Harris or Josh Jacobs? Harris. Really? All the way up there to the top. You are high on Harris. Okay. Uh, let me see this. Uh, the wide receivers. Any New England Patriots or any Baltimore Raven? Oh, my God. Do I have to? <laughs> it, it gets better. It gets better. All right. Let's go any New England Patriot. Any New England Patriot or any Las Vegas Raider? <laughs> um... Any Las Vegas Raider. Okay. Any Las Vegas Raider or any Miami Dolphin? <laughs> Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. <laughs> I mean, you think about that. It's Waddle or Ruggs. I mean, that's your or, yeah. or Edwards. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, so uh, uh, Jalen Waddle or uh, Robinson. <laughs> Robinson. For the Bears. Okay. I would want to believe you. I would want to believe you on that. Even one. though he's got a tough matchup and he's I, got a not so great quarterback. So you could go Waddle there. I know. That's what I mean. This, when I did this one, I went, wow, that is hard to do. Uh, Robinson or Woods for Los Woods. Angeles? Woods or Cup? Woods. Okay. And uh, we'll all agree that uh, Waller is the guy to own in this uh, tight end room. Let me ask you this, though. Any any emergence out of either one of those tight ends on the New England Patriots this week? 
Man, I was going to ask you that. (laughs) I'm leaning Hunter Henry in season long because I just think he has more of an established role. Whereas John Smith is a guy who I've drafted in best balls because I think he's going to be used in all different aspects, you know, trick plays, reverses, whatever. And he is a, a touchdown threat. So I think they both could certainly have good roles in that offense and both emerge. But I think I'd feel more comfortable with the Hunter Henry role in my lineups. Yeah, I'm not sure that we're going to have to make that decision. Uh, anytime soon. I think that as soon as one maybe emerges a little bit, unless it becomes Mac Jones' favorite, they'll start using the other one. I, I just, you know, it's going to be a smoke and mirror show there. And I mean that. But uh, seriously, Waller or uh, Edwards this week for Baltimore? Waller. Okay. All right. All right. I can see that. And, and no Cole Komet. We're not worried about Cole Komet. Okay. No. Uh, no Gerald. No, no uh, Los Angeles. All right. So Waller it is. All right. Now. Out of all those games, JP, here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, I'm going to have you rank all four pages of my list here. You said Lamar Jackson was better than all the rest of them. Do you think that he is better than Patrick Mahomes this week? No, I'm going Mahomes. For fantasy purposes now. We're always looking at fantasy purposes here. Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? (sighs) Allen doesn't have that great of a matchup either, so I'll stay Mahomes. Now, one of the reasons why we do this, JB, is because you are at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter, and you have been on game shows a couple of different times now that I've learned about you. So that is why I like to do this, because it goes at you pretty fast and furious here. Who did you say? I went Mahomes. Okay. Mahomes or Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. You're spinning the Kyler Murray wheel. I like it. Okay. Damian Harris, who you have now fallen in love with, or Alvin Kamara? And that's why I love playing this game, too, because I didn't realize how high I was on Harris until you had me <laughs> ranking him against all these other guys that I like him better than. But Well, listen, not- I think I think I'm high on uh, whatever Sudafed and coffee caffeine right now hearing you say Harris all the time. I, that's why- <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to see him this time. I'm going to take Kamara over him. <laughs> Kamara or CMC? CMC. CMC or Derek Henry? Uh, CMC, even though I think I took Cook over Henry. Oh, okay. All right. Well, all right. Maybe you did. It's, it's I, one of the things that's hard to do is steer a ship. And whenever you got to steer a ship and write down all these different things, it is very hard. That's why we didn't do this last year. All right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this best I can. Uh, Cooper Cup. I don't know if you said Cupper Woods either, by the way. I said Woods. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. That's why. At least I remember that. Woods or Adams? Devontae Adams. I'm going Adams. All right. Adams or Diggs? Adams. Adams or A.J. Brown? Adams. Okay. I, that, I I don't know. I think the New Orleans Saints defense is a little bit better than you're giving them credit for. But I did have DeAndre Hopkins over A.J. Brown. Oh, I didn't so. even write Hopkins down. So, yeah, that, that'll be the proper choice. So Hopkins is going to be my number one pick. Okay, Hopkins to Murray. Uh, Murray to Hopkins. All right, I like that. I like that. And lastly, in the tight end situation here, Waller or Kelsey? Waller is the only option. How do you remember who you picked? I, I, it was, guys like Hopkins, I remember because like I'm so <laughs> high on him this week. So, <laughs> uh, Waller or TJ? Waller. Waller or Logan Thomas? Waller. Isn't that something? Waller has emerged as the number one tight end. Kyler, CMC, and Hopkins and. Waller. So you're going to build your lineups around those, JB. You can't fit them all into their prices. Hey, wonderful show. Thank you for carrying me, JB. I appreciate it so much. 
Hey, feel better, man. I have no problem. You know me, man. I'll I'll talk football all day long. So you you held your own, brother. Believe me, you didn't you didn't even sound that sick. You, once you got going, bro, you got fired up and you started just flowing with it. So you know maybe we'll have to do this every day to make you feel better. <laughs> maybe so. Hey, I, I, if you heard me earlier this week on Pick a Big Skin Winners with uh with with John Frisella at Legend Sports Seven on Twitter, uh, you you heard me struggling. You heard me. I was struggling, but I didn't want to miss Week One, JB. I would been looking forward to it all year long, or at least all off season. I've been looking forward to getting back in the saddle with you guys. You and and John and uh, Rob Norton and Pierre, I, I just I was looking forward to it so much. You guys have taught me so many things about fantasy football, and uh, I've I've become a better player at it. I believe so. I I've learned more names, even though I don't re- retain them at all. But I have a, I couldn't wait to get back in it. I wasn't going to miss week one. I didn't care what I had to do. You're a trooper, Wes. You're a warrior. Well, I thank you very much. A, a little warrior I am, a very little warrior. But I uh, appreciate all the Fantasy Impact Today listeners uh, bearing through it with me. And JB, you have things all over the place, all, all all over the place. Can they find it all over there on your Twitter? Yeah, everything I post, I post on my Twitter. I just I can't keep up with my own schedule right now. We you know we have the magnets, we have the besties. I just started the DFS Flash podcast on Aaron Torres online, writing articles there also, and of course my articles over on Rasball. So you can find everything on my Twitter page at Fantasy Coach JB. I tweet them out as they come. Now, how do you do all that from the, the doghouse that you're living in right now? How, how do you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just make sure that I feed her and and you know take care of the dog when I can and you know just try. I wrote up a schedule, man. I had to make like an Excel spreadsheet with my schedule of all my obligations this year. That's all gonna get thrown out the window when this baby comes next month. <laughs> so it is a month away. We still got a month, right? Yeah, her due date is October thirteenth. All right, that is great. Okay, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see the pictures, JB. You know how I'm getting to be an old softy, my friend. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Make sure you follow JB at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. You can follow me as well at Loafnet. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Please subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you leave a review, slap those stars around. But more importantly than all those other actions, we want to encourage you to go out and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life life today.